Hello, my name is David Harris, Editor-in-Chief of Spectrum Culture. You're joining us once again for an edition of Enjoy Your Life, our podcast uh, on the mics, a woman with lots of excellent mood lighting. I'll just say it before uh, anyone else does. It's uh, Holly Hazelwood. How's it going? It's going all right. <laughs> I do. I am always sad that our listeners can't see the fact that I've always got some solid vibe lighting going on when we record these. Yeah, I mean, if I imagine the inside of Prince's coffin, it'll look where you are, right, where you are right now. You know, the thing is, it's not quite as purple in person. It's just the camera that does that. It's actually more of like a soft orangish, orangish pink right now in person. Yeah. And then uh, on the other mic, uh, Holly, maybe you can help me out with this. Who wears a like striped sweater and hangs out in the basement? Uh, that would be our man Freddy Krueger. Our man Eric, Eric Meller. This this is more like this is like Waldo chic is what I like to call it. It's like you know different Waldo's, variations. Waldo is red and white. Yeah, but but, but Freddy Krueger is not red and gray or maroon and gray. Like <laughs> it, that's the you know. How far is the boiler from where you're sitting? That's the real question. It's not far at all. It's you know I could. You know, what it is, is you look like a scene kid in 2005, really. It looks like you are an, an old person trying to fit in, taking their kid to Hot Topic in, in the mid-aughts. You are, this is painfully too on point, Polly. <laughs> you're killing me here. Um, I mean, I know I'll introduce you, but uh, a man whose entire like life essence is fueled by the nightmares of children, Eric Miller. Hi. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we do have a guest. You hear him chuckling because uh, he's probably thinking, what the hell did I just get myself into here? <laughs> um, a person who we've uh, interviewed back in 2012. Uh, and the guy who interviewed him still like actually writes for the website, which is pretty cool. Uh, Kishibashi, how you doing? Yeah, great to great to be here again. Fresh meat. So sweet. Yeah. <laughs> not the not the throw any shade, but how come Pitchfork has never reviewed any of your shit? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, you want the real story? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Oh, the real story is um, I used to be in Montreal, and then um, I think they pissed them off. And then my publicist at the time was like, hey, uh, I was also of Montreal's publicist. And they're like, uh, how about this of uh, Montreal side project, Kishibashi, you know, because I used to be in the band. And they were like, we will never review an of Montreal oh. side project. That's what they still have They still haven't. They haven't. No, not to this day. That's that's so horrible. Not only because it's horrible, and but but because I would never describe you as an of Montreal side project. I was at the time, and uh, you know, yeah. But what era were you in of Montreal? Because I, I mean, uh, I, I was a fan for a very brief window. Uh, I was on the False Priest tour, which was a huge. It was like a big. Oh, oh I, I was. I, I saw, saw that. that. Janelle Monae opened up for that. Yep. Tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that yeah. show. Was there an Asian guy like, on stage? <laughs> I think it was probably I think you, me. <laughs> I think you guys did. Was it Thriller? There was a Michael Jackson. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. We did like a, a yeah whole like PYT Thriller. Like it was like it was awesome. Actually, it was really really cool. If you could do that again now, would you still cover Michael Jackson? Well, you know what? Okay. <laughs> There's a new like I just saw a trailer for a new Michael Jackson like documentary coming out. And it's like all these like musicians are like, oh yeah, like the thriller thing. They made this as if he never, you know, molested children. You know, like <laughs> like they just yeah, forgot I, about it. Is he, I, I guess mean, it's just going away. You know, 
At a certain <laughs> point, once you've died, people just forget about all the horrible shit that you knew you did, and they can be like, "Oh yeah, he was so great." Forget about any of the horrible stuff he did when he was alive. It's yeah, been long enough; we can forget it. I know because I watched um, Finding Neverland, and it's kind of unseeable. Un, un, uh, what is it called? Unseeable. Yeah, you can't erase it. Race what I saw. You know, I teach a, a 90s music class, and this <clears throat> week I played uh, SWV, uh, the Human Nature remix of mm-hmm. that, whatever the Free Willy song was. And the kids <laughs> fucking hate, they hated it. It wasn't because it, it wasn't even the Michael Jackson part that they hated as much, but like, yeah. and, and these are Oregon kids, you know, so Astoria is not too far from here, and they still hated it. And that's where Free, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, that song, I mean, I, I, yeah, Michael Jackson. Uh, Wait, what does the story have to do with it? Do you mean like the Goonies uh, Beach? Yeah, because the story is yeah they filmed no they filmed Free Willy in Astoria. It's like the, oh they did oh I didn't yeah know I mean everyone knows it for Goonies right but yeah they I also know for did, Goonies like, for sure Kindergarten Cop and Short Circuit uh, Short Circuit what Short Circuit Short Circuit yeah. was shot there too Wait, Short Circuit that's the one with the robot and then like the white guy who's playing the like Indian guy yeah, yeah. Fisher yep. Stevens <laughs> Fisher Stevens who is now uh, you know was in a Succession oh right? god and, and then hackers. And in yeah. Friends, what? Yeah, he's a he. He made good after uh, you know Steve Gutenberg's career tanks and Alex Hughes' <laughs> career tank, but fucking Fisher Stevens is. Uh, is, is <laughs> I mean, he's in the most acclaimed show of like, all time. It's Eric's favorite show. Uh, yeah, are, it is are you a, a really su- good show. Are you a Succession fan? There, uh, I watched. I watched a bunch of it. Uh, I haven't really kept up with it, but I canceled HBO. I'm going to wait until the spring. So uh, when the um, the writers uh, the writer strike lull hits, I'm going to go back into HBO and catch up. Nice. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there's going to be a huge lull, like content lull in the spring. That's my prediction. Yeah, yeah, because none of these these studios were smart enough to even spread their shit out while they were dealing with all of this yeah unless you love like reality tv shows like squid game the tv show which is kind of weird yeah, <laughs> yeah if you like, like battle bots which i do you like, you like yeah <laughs> who doesn't like you could, battle bots? You could always rewatch the wire again or, oh yeah those are you know that's that's what i'm doing time. i'm assuming that's why you're mentioning that really actually <laughs> I'm gonna watch. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, Righteous Gemstones. That, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I haven't watched. I haven't. I'm saving my uh, my belly laughs for that. Yeah, new season. <laughs> it's really funny too. <laughs> You're in for a treat. Oh, really? Great. Okay, can't wait. Speaking of uh, of watching stuff, I hear there's something on Paramount Plus that people at home oh. should probably check out, mm-hmm. and it's not Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. Um, that's <laughs> that's it's something else. Uh, Is it the Fraser reboot? <laughs> you know that's got like a zero percent like audience score and like a hundred percent like critic score on i mean i'm exaggerating but like, is it, it omoyari omoyari 2 oh yeah, yeah the, it's free free willy part six yeah no yeah tell us a little bit about omoyari uh there uh well let's see it's my movie uh it just came out paramount plus which you're excited um it's we actually released it <clears throat> uh we premiered at south by southwest last spring then we got bought by MTV Docs Paramount and kind of re-edited it, and that's what uh, that's what's on there now. It's a, it's the end of a six-year project. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about. It. I know it's kind of like your your journey to kind of uh, explore like the Japanese American experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, not, it's not a, the good experience. That's <laughs> a good experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a it's part history, you know, about World War II history. It's part. Um, 
about immigration. It's about uh, xenophobia and kind of it's uh, it's really a survey on the Japanese or Japanese American like um, immigration experience. You know, like what it was like to to come here and then to be assimilated or to be incarcerated and then assimilated, and then how that applies to like the modern day um, human being. Like you know how how we can learn these lessons of, of the past. In addition to that, it's also about music. And then uh, I wrote a bunch of songs, uh, which I put on my album, uh, which I released in 2019, also called Omoyari. So it's kind of like, it's uh, the song, it's called, a, we call it a song film. And the song film is really two parts. It's the movie and it's the album. Okay. And you were born in Seattle, right? Yeah, I was born in Seattle, but I'm mostly an East Coast person. Okay. But, but, I, live in, but I live in California now. So. Oh, you live in California? Okay. <laughs> what part of California are you in? Um, Northern California, like Santa Cruz mountains. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, in, in terms of like the, you know, post Pearl Harbor, like incarceration of Japanese Americans, was that like mostly a West coast phenomenon or was that something that happened? Cause I know here in Portland, like we have a memorial oh, yeah. by, by the expo center. Yeah. So, so the majority of the, pop- yeah, the majority of population was in Hawaii and the West coast. Mm-hmm. And there's pockets of like there's smaller populations like in Phoenix, Arizona, and but basically after Pearl Harbor happened, they they extricated the entire like civilian population, which was about 120,000 people on the West Coast, and just put them in these camps. They put them in assembly centers first, and then they then they moved them out to these camps in the in the remote areas. Um, Hawaii was like <clears throat> there was a lot of Japanese Americans there, but it was just like if they imprisoned all of them, it would have just been uh, Hawaii could not have like it just wouldn't function because there's just so many people there. And um, was there a movie about that, like Dennis Quaid that came out in the 80s or something like that? Or... <laughs> oh, what? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Which, what, the one Yeah, I think he had like a Japanese wife or something. And... Is it called, wait, are you talking about Snowfalls on Cedar? No, no, that's like that David Gooderson book, right? This is like before that, there was like a movie with Dennis Quaid, I think, from the 80s where his like wife's Japanese. It might have been the woman from... Karate Kid do, but I don't even know. Well, Maybe well, okay. Up, well, but, well, Karate Kid, Karate Kid one. Mr. Miyagi, I think, yeah. doesn't he get drunk? And he talks about his wife. And his wife was like, he, he, they got separated, and then she died in an internment camp. Oh, okay. Does that? Yeah, he's like, he's like drunk. Yeah, he's like drunk. Uh, meets girl. You know. Dude, the Lord. <laughs> hey, is it? Actually, is I, it? Come see the paradise. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Dude, come that is. Paradise. I've never even heard of this. I have never heard of that movie once. It's Alan yeah. Parker. It's directed by oh, Alan Parker. What year is that from? 1990. Oh shit! I was off by a decade. Dear oh, Lord, that's very obscure. Dennis Quaid, there he is. Is it, is it Dennis Quaid? Awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that David Gooderson novel didn't come out that much later, right? Uh, uh, the Snowfall. Uh, oh yeah. No, I did not see this movie. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's like goes down in the annals of like classic Dennis Quaid cinema, um, <laughs> along along with uh, Frequency and Wait, is Dennis Quaid the guy who's got, like uh, gone mad? And, no, that's Randy no, that's Quaid. his that's his brother. <laughs> that's his brother. Yeah, they're brothers. Brothers, brothers right? Oh, yeah, he's, he's I like, assume uh, the two famous Quaids are related. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three three if you count his son who's in the boys. Oh boys. right, Jack Quaid. Wait, the main uh, the Superman like guy. Yeah, no, the, no, that's the main guy. The, the, uh, his name's not Stewie. He's Huey. Uh, Huey. Oh, uh, okay. He also plays uh, Richard Feynman in Oppenheimer. I haven't seen it yet. Wait, in Oppen- Richard Feynman 
in Oppenheimer. I think Richard Feynman. I might be wrong oh, on really? that name, but yeah, he's he, <laughs> complete with uh, complete with his little ukulele that he carried around, apparently everywhere. <laughs> Dorkiest shit. Randy Quaid is the guy from uh, in the eighties. You know, the vacation or was it eighties vacation movies? He's, and he's also like an Independence Day. Yeah, like, exactly. The crazy guy, like on yeah, the plane. Yeah. yeah. But oh yeah, this, he is. In the right. 70s, he was actually a legit actor. Like, he was in The uh, Last Picture Show, and he was in um, uh, The Last Detail, the one with Jack Nicholson. He had a really big part. I think he won Best Supporting Actor for that one, to be honest with you. And he yeah, was actually, just, like, that was like crazy. A, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, he's the older Batch brother. crazy. He's the yeah. older brother of Dennis. Ah, they've fallen. Fallen. Yeah. <laughs> too close to I'm glad we went deep on the Quaid family here. Fallen <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Quaid cast. Yeah, the fallen Quaid family. <laughs> Didn't like Meg Ryan cheat on Dennis Quaid with like Russell Crowe or something? I don't know. Anyway, um, so. Um, this is all before you, my time. You said um, Omoyari. There was an album that came out, but there was also like a new double album, right? That's music. That's like the soundtrack from the. Yeah, so that's that's the soundtrack of the like underscore under the film, you know, because I'm the composer as well of, of, of the movie, and uh, and kind of and these early orchestral versions of um, the songs. So like I wrote this symphony piece, and um, a lot of the songs on Omoyari began as like symphony um, pieces, like symphony songs. And this is uh, out via Joyful Noise, it looks like. Yep, yep. That's, my, okay. that's my label. Cool. Um, and uh, people can buy this on all formats, like vinyl and uh, CD. Are you not doing CDs anymore? I think there's a CD out there, yeah. Looks like Eric can buy it. In, in yeah, the, put it back yeah. there. No, no <laughs> DVDs, though. <laughs> Get a VHS of the film, perhaps? Like, are we? <laughs> I mean, you could dub I it would... onto it. You could dub it onto it. So then you, that would exist for sure. Well, as long as you're okay with us making that kind of a bootleg, then we might go for it. <clears throat> How long have you been with Joyful Noise at this point? It's been forever now i feel like do you guys know joyful noise like how yes. like the whole history of joyful noise yes absolutely but well, the, i think the the first joyful noise that i actually uh released that i ever bought was actually one of yours it was <laughs> a flexi disc shaped like a yeah. snowflake oh yeah 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 that was great <laughs> i was like that was a uh, for my one of my kickstarter backers so yeah um when i when carl called me it was like a friend of a friend, you know, um, David Woodruff was actually the art director. I think some, a friend passed it to him and then gave it to Carl and it was only him and his buddy, Sean. So it was like working out of his like house. So it was my first album, the one five one eight. it was in 2012. So we kind of like grew, kind of grew together, honestly. So he was, he, he's like, this is really cool. I want to put it out. It sounded like a nice guy. You know, he's a nice guy. He's trustworthy. That was back when we interviewed you then, when that first album came out, so... Yeah, I hope I said good things about him then. Yeah. <laughs> and this, well, if this not, a... we will, we'll dredge it back up for you. Okay. <laughs> Great. And this record is like, uh, it's, it's long, it's 33 tracks. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the like, one minute long, and a lot, there's a lot of underscore, you know, these are like orchestral instrumental things, too. Mm-hmm. So, there's just and, a lot uh, of stuff. For those listening at home, like, what, how would you define, like, Omoyari? The word, yeah, um, Moyari is this—it's a Japanese word about uh, having compassion or empathy for somebody. So it's like it's—it's it's really popular. Like people would use this to, you know, when a guest comes over, you'd have a Moyari for them. You know, you prepare things for them to make them feel at home, uh, even for strangers. It's like it's kind of like have a heart. You know, it's like you have this kind of compassion even for a stranger. And so I, I kind of use this as a word because a, it's like. <clears throat> um, it's like extremely important in this in this turbulent world. You know, it's the kind of one thing that 
you know, having empathy or compassion is the one thing that can really remind us of our humanity. And then B, it's also a Japanese word that's kind of hard to pronounce, but I I felt like because this film is a, is a bicultural movie, like I, re- I did, I wanted to bring the Japanese culture to the forefront so that, you know, to kind of normalize it. So if I bought a copy of this and I brought it to someone's house as a gift, would it be omiyage? Omiyage. 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 Yeah. Omiyage is a, yeah, it's a one letter different. Omiyage. Yeah. Omiyage is a gift. Yeah. Omoyari. But omoyari is like, if they're Japanese, it's a, it's a really important word for a lot of people, you know, for sure. Omiyage is you can show up with like, yeah, that's a gift. Like a box of like individually wrapped Oreos or something like that for that. I mean, somebody would be excited. Uh, yeah, individually wrapped Oreos would be. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, sure. the reason I'm the reason I'm saying this is like I, I actually lived in Japan for a while. A long oh, really? Ago, and uh, like you'd buy like boxes of Oreos, and each one would be individually wrapped. In what? Really? So like the, like the one in the store? Yeah, yeah. Like you like you buy the box, and then each, inside each one was just like kind of individually wrapped. Like instead of like having uh, them all like, put together. So I don't know. Yeah, they don't they don't like to like pig out like Americans do. You know, like Americans want they just open it up and just three <laughs> rows of Oreos. You know, in Japan it's like they know they know that that's a bad idea. So like. Here's, here's one portion. Oh, are you still hungry? Here's another cookie. <laughs> you got to work for it. You got to yeah. do a thing and open it's a real it. deterrent. You can just see the pile of wrappers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, building up next to you. Yeah. Here in the United States, you get the double stuff Oreos and then break them and then make a quadruple stuff Oreo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put them together. That's the yeah. I mean, it's a, the kind of freedom that we have here, you know. <laughs> We're revolutionaries. Thanks, America. Yeah. yeah. America. We got we do what yeah. we want. Do what the fuck we want. Yeah. My freedom. country. Yeah, well, you know that like that Japanese saying, like the nail that sticks up gets pounded down, or something like that. Is that have you heard that before? Yeah, that sounds. Uh, I don't. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I mean, it's a homogenous society, you know, or they uh-huh. they like to think that they're homogenous, but they're actually there's a lot of immigrants and none. But what was curious when I was people. there is the Japanese people who actually like traveled and came back had a really hard time, like or lived abroad, like had a really hard time assimilating back into kind of the society. I mean, this was like yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. I, what twenty years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's um. Yeah, they're kind of unforgiving. Yeah, they're a pretty unforgiving society as far as like if you don't fit in. Yeah, you can. It's hard to thrive. But I, I think like if you're in a, yeah, if you're in a creative field, you're probably fine. But if you want to just get a regular job at a, a, cor- a company or something, yeah, uh, just a you know just a paper. What's that called? Paper pusher, pen pusher, <laughs> whatever. I don't know something. Pencil pusher. Pencil pusher. Yeah, then it's it, you're gonna you're gonna be fighting all the, those other. Um, Japanese people, you know. Yeah, I mean, I lived in a small town, and like, I felt like people went out of their way to like make sure that, and, like, just because they were knew I was different, they'd say things like, you know, every time like I even say a word Japanese, they'd be like something like, "Oh, Nihongo Josoi desne," you know, like, something like, <laughs> Japanese is great. Yeah, Josoi desne. Josoi desne. Yeah, and um, you know, Oki desne. You know, big. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they will. But not too often, you know. Debut? Yeah, sometimes. Be fat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> wow, what did you do to get that? Nothing, man. That's, pretty, that's weird... pretty bold. That's pretty bold he, for a stranger he, to tell you that. He unwrapped two Oreos at the same time. Unforgivable. It was just, I don't know, it was hard. I was, t- I was doing the jet program. So, oh, the jet. Yeah, I've heard of the jet program. They yeah, put you like, in really rural places, right? Yeah, it was rural. And I'll just tell one story about the weird shit that happened to me. Um, the one time, like, they have, like, um, 
this is probably a, a, an R-rated story. I'm sorry. They have like cleanup time at the school, <laughs> at the school yeah. where all the teachers and students clean up and like, um, you know, I'm sweeping and this kid walks over to me and he says, he's probably like 14. He's like, uh, do you need in English? He says, do you pray masturbation? I said, what? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And he's like, do, do you pray masturbation? I said, do you? <laughs> and he says, not yet. <laughs> I was like, what? Is he saying play or pray? Like, you know, pray. Like, 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 like to do, I guess the Japanese like to do something like is to play something. So like, oh, play. like yeah. Like, so teachers would like, Hey, like, do you want to come over and play this weekend? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? You know, I guess there's, <laughs> but, yeah. So but he asked, do I play masturbation? And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. And then one more, I'm sorry. The first day of school, I didn't have but you're the, you're the, te- you're the teacher. I, yeah. The first day of school, I'm like walking home. It was like August and I'm walking home and it's like in my suit and it's like a thousand fucking degrees. And I'm walking, this kid bikes up next to me and starts smiling. And he's like, I like pussy. And then fucked up. And I was like, really? On <laughs> the first day of school? I don't know. Uh, do you guys have any questions about the, the album or the documentary? David, you can't say things like that and then just be like, here you ask questions. <laughs> it was a strange place to live. It was awesome, but it was hard though. It was like, yeah, I've, t- I've talked to other people who did that, did that program and it's like, they're like, oh, I'll go to Japan. They're like, I'll go to Tokyo. No, they put you like super rural place. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was like a two hour train ride from Tokyo. I was in Chibaken. So, oh, Chiba, like, oh, yeah. On the coast, so there's that little thing that sticks out, the Bosohanto, I think it's called. It's like a little yeah, like Makari Mese, like that. Kai, my, uh, is it called Maihama? Maihama is like a beach out there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I was near. Um, I don't even Kanagawa. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. You know, Tokyo was a train ride, yeah. and uh, like the first weekend I was there, this British guy who was a jet went. We went clubbing in Tokyo, and uh, you know the train shut down at like midnight there. And we had to like a two hour ride back. And like he, at one point he says, oh, I'm going to go home with this girl. You can find your own way home. It was like my first week in Japan. <laughs> and it was like a two hour train ride away. And they had to switch trains. I'm like, uh, and the trains didn't start until like seven o'clock in the morning. So I'm just like, like sitting on the train to, platform. <laughs> yeah. You got to go, you got to go to uh, Denny's <laughs> like sit, sit there with a the coffee. I just learned, I learned that. Uh, I just learned. No, fun fact. Well, yeah, no like Tokyo is like, um, it has like, okay. There's 130 million people in Japan. It's a pretty big country. And then I learned that Tokyo is like, has like 40 million people in that metro. It's like every third Japanese person lives, literally lives in Tokyo metro area. It's like, that's how massive that city is. That's too many people. (laughs) Anytime I'm in Chicago or New or the the one time I've been in New York, I'm like, this is way too many people. That's too many people. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And there's no rhyme or reason to the streets in Tokyo. It's not like, you know, grids. Like, if you go to Sapporo, like, I think the people who play in Boston play in Sapporo, so there's, like, a grid. Uh, <laughs> here it's, in Tokyo, it's just, like, winding streets and, like, nothing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, like, really hard to, oh, yeah. to unless you unless you take the Yamanote train line, which is, like, a box. Just a big around. circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, anything else about the album, folks? Now, like, now can I transition? <laughs> <laughs> not at this moment in time, but I'm sure I'll think of something. Well, let's take a break. And do you want to pick a a, a track K off of uh, the album for us to share? Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Can you take a second? Let me look yep. at my catalog here. 
Ishibashi. Is it going to be the Pretty Young Thing cover? Pretty Young yeah. <laughs> P-Y-T. No, thank you. No. Uh, <laughs> no, do you want to play uh, 1853 Commodore Perry and his black chips? Okay, sure. Let's check that. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be right back. That was 1853, Commodore Perry and his Black Ships. Uh, it's one of the tracks off of my new album, uh, Omoyari. Music from the song film Omoyari by Hishibashi. That's me. What can you tell us about that song? Well, it's in the style of a uh, gypsy jazz, uh, which is like something I've, I'm, I've been passionate about. You know, it's uh, it's it's like it was a jazz violin style started in, in kind of like the 40s in Europe, in France, and like Django Reinhardt's like super. Um, <clears throat> Famous Stefan Grappelli is another famous violinist, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's kind of a style that I, I've always wanted to write in. So because of the in the film, it's it's about like history, 1853. That's when Commodore Perry went over and opened up Japan. You know, so it's like this uh, it's this historic moment. I had to like compile it all this like historical data into like one and a half minutes. So if you watch the movie, it's like it's it's very um, fast paced and it's got like Tom Cruise in it and stuff like that. So <laughs> I was I did watch the documentary today and I was very surprised to suddenly see Tom Cruise in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a clip from the last Samurai. So we didn't have to pay for it because it's um, fair use because I talk about it and you know it's like a it's a critique on Tom Cruise being in it. Take that, Tom Cruise! Not on a dime for you this time. There weren't any Samurai that looked like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Yes. Um, was a critique. Was a critique on. Uh, I don't know. You think there's like a white guy who was a samurai what? back in like that that era? There weren't. Just it, I mean, <laughs> not just. <laughs> No, I, I read James I Clavell. I know for yeah. a fact Shogun. that there were. Yeah, I know for a fact that there were white dudes in there in Japan. Did you see that movie? A, which one? Uh, uh, Silence. The one with oh, Adam yeah. Driver. Did Adam you like Driver that one? And, 
Uh, it's a Scorsese it's pretty, movie. Yeah, super intense. But um, Liam Neeson. Yeah, it's not uh, not fun at all. But uh, that's uh, yeah. They basically didn't have like any kind of white people in yeah Japan until like the nineteen. Wait, but he had a eighteen sixty eight. Eighteen sixty eight. You're allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's well, funny. Th- this week, my my media consumption has been uh, the show Blue Eyes Samurai, which yeah. is about <laughs> that period, and then Godzilla Minus One, which is about the, sh- the, uh, the the backlash of the shitty things done by the white man to Japan, <laughs> and then your documentary. Oh, really? I'm just like, wow, in my house, Japanese people are not having a great time. <laughs> is Godzilla Minus One a good movie? It's really, really good. Oh, it's, really good? Oh, yeah, it's, see that. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's strikingly good. Did you see the last one, uh, Shin Godzilla? Oh, Shin Godzilla. Is it by... Okay, so is it a Japanese Godzilla movie? Okay, yeah, the I like, one made I, by the... Yeah, sure, the okay, one by the okay. Evangelion guy. That one's okay. great. Shin Godzilla is really funny because it's basically Godzilla and then all this, all this like bureaucracy. Like, how does how does the the city of Tokyo like deal with it? It's all like meetings and they're like, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's about the people who have to deal with Godzilla. Yeah, they're like, should it's... we shut down the street? What, what should we do about electricity? You know, <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> Frederick more... Wiseman version it, of Godzilla. It was, it was really good. Oh wait, so it's it's that guy. I'm definitely gonna watch. It's that not movie. that guy, but it is definitely the same flavor. It feels like they took a lot of the a lot of the good aspects of that film and we're like all right let's but let's it, do it, it as is it, is it japanese made or is it yes like, oh it is yes okay. it is yep so it it's got it doesn't have the guy from breaking bad in it like <laughs> no no brian cranston in this one no thankfully cranston. it is it is a pure japanese production thankfully is tom uh, cruise in it no, is Randy there, I don't think there's any white people in it at all. I think it's just a pure Japanese film, which is it's it's no fun. White it's, no white people. No white, savior, no white saviors. No white saviors. It's like the Black it's, Panther of Japan. Yep, exactly. Right. It's meant to be like a prequel to all of the other Godzilla films, and it's a lot more interesting because it's about the people who have to stop being or stop uh, Godzilla from squishing other people rather than just <laughs> Godzilla squishing people. Okay. Well, my, my favorite, it. my favorite Godzilla has always been Godzilla versus Bambi. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but you should check it out. <laughs> not it's seen like that. This, it's it's a, uh, a one minute cartoon. When you get a chance, Google it <laughs> or YouTube it. It's it's, it's great. Perhaps um, I will. But so with no no Tom Cruise as as Godzilla. Sadly, no. He the Godzilla in Godzilla minus one is really goofy looking, but he is not played by Tom Cruise this time. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt. <laughs> yes, it is voiced by Chris Pratt. He's voiced by Chris Pratt in this one. That is, it's the one, it's the one wrinkle. Sample. <laughs> the one wrinkle. Nice. I can't even remember what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about Tom Cruise appearing in your documentary, and then oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Holly's uh, Japanese filmic smorgasbord that she's been inhaling this week. Nice. You know? um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so once again, those of you at home, if you like that song, go out and get the record. It's out there. Uh, for those of you also listening at home, and if this is your first time tuning in, um, what we like to do is ask the guest to kind of come armed with a topic, and we uh, at, just stipulate that it falls under like books and film or music. Some of people really bend it. Like we ended up talking about the Heaven's Gate cult the other day uh, with someone. Uh, but there, it, was, it was through a film. Um, so, uh, 
Okay, why don't you tell us the the topic that you came up with? It sounds like it kind of leads into like what we were talking about. Um, can you, a little can, bit. you re- can you remind me? What were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how musicians, especially violinists, are portrayed. In- oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I should have come up with something like totally different. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, like, like I tried to accept the topic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. forgot that that was the topic. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think every time you see a violin, you're convinced that that the actor is like playing the violin? No, no, no. absolutely not. What about like a guitar player? Like uh, he's like I'm rocking, you know, and it's like his picks like kind of moving in the same direction, but you know. Even if I buy that that person knows how to play that instrument, I know better than to almost ever believe that they're actually playing that instrument. <laughs> yeah, so I feel that with violin. I just look at their fingers and they're all it's usually okay, it's usually the bow hand. The bow is really hard to get right. So almost all the actors don't really don't get it right in their fingers. It's just a little pet peeve. I'm trying to think of I can't think of a single movie where the violinist is actually playing convincingly the violin. But it's okay, you know. Just uh, I'll just I'll take it up with my therapist. So. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Uh I, I think that uh what's that movie with um uh the one about with lady gaga and um, oh stars 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 born okay that really irked me where they're like he meets her he uh what's the guy's name um bradley cooper Cooper. yeah bradley cooper like meets her dennis quaid dennis basically basically, basically dennis quaid meets lady gaga and they're like (laughs) and they just like hang out for like a night and then they and they're like make up the song and the parking lot and then he can't forget her and then the next day he's just like literally on stage no sound check anything she just shows up and they're like singing the song together in harmony it's like there's no way that that could ever be possible what about that movie with glenn hansard once where they like make the song up on the spot together and suddenly it's have you seen that movie which good movie yes it's called it's called once the guy from was the frames is that his band yeah and the swell season Yes, well, season, but uh, they can and a woman start falling in love, and they end up singing a song, like making it up together. Maybe it's the end of it. But I um, mean, I think if you rehearse, you know, they'd have to spend time together. He just like flew her out, and she, it was, she just finished her like catering shift, and then they like we'd like he'd like to see you on stage. You know, <laughs> she flies out on his private jet, and then she's like, "That's my that's that thing we came up with at three in the morning in the parking lot when we were like high and drunk." You know, no way, no way, not convinced. What, what Even, about this movie, The Soloist, with uh, Jamie Foxx and Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> is, it, is that the cello, like cello player? Is yeah, he the cello definitely. player? Yeah, yeah, I think. Oh, he's like is homeless he? or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, to, he went to Juilliard. And saw, yeah. They all went to Juilliard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only music school anybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. That's Look, not, man, I'm not even convinced that half the people on stage or like when I see a live show are playing for real, you know? Yeah. So like, you know, yeah, we don't, we don't really play. Yeah. I've seen a flaming lips show where I feel like 90% of it was pre-recorded or something. <laughs> but, uh, so on, on the movie, all, you know, it's never live. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, so when we were talking about your topic, uh, cause we, we sometimes do that. Like, Oh, that's a good one. Like, are you also talking about like how they're portrayed like as like human beings too, or just in terms of like, during the performance sort of yeah i mean the suspended reality thing is not it's not suspending my reality you know because <laughs> <laughs> i'm just so like i scrutinize it so much but um uh, just like musicians um okay the one thing i thought was funny was that that beatles movie or the way the guy 
he goes into like an alternate reality where mm-hmm. yesterday <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, you know, and he's actually playing the guitar and, you know, it's kind of like, I thought that was cute. You know, didn't see that one. I, yeah, he's like, I, I feel a deep resentment towards that movie because I don't buy the idea that you can remove the Beatles from history and then everyone else's music stays the same. Like there's there's uh, bands like that where you just you they're they're too integral to all of the music that comes after it. Like it's got it's got Ed Sheeran in it. That guy would not have one <laughs> one penny if not for the Beatles at least setting the way for his brand of whiny white person music. <laughs> Is that a Danny Boyle film? Yes, that's a Danny oh, Boyle that's film. That's why I didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, um, what's, what why, what does he do? Like, what's he, I don't, he, like, what is he off once? He did, uh, well, he did the I, the beach, and he did Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire, Millionaire no, 20 Slumdog Days Later, yeah, Sunshine. Dude, he, gets, he cuts his arm off. Um, he did Transpotting, uh, you know. Oh, wait, that's not Darren Aronofsky? No. <laughs> Oh, no, that's Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he loses uh, an arm in that one, too. Yeah. Remember the where the boulder falls on his arm and he's, like, stuck under it. Who played? Was that James, James Franco? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a one where I felt like I was convinced that someone was playing the piano. Um, it was Her Smell. I don't know if you saw that movie. Um, <laughs> it's with what the woman from... Uh, God, uh, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, like she sings uh, Heaven by Brian Adams on the piano, and I think it seemed like she was actually singing it and playing it. Uh, but it was just like, you know, like bass note, chord, bass note, chord, instead of like really, you know, virtuosity, you know, <laughs> on, on the piano. So, so he has really um, dug deep to find these. No, things. I actually just came up with that right now, just like oh, I did yeah. the Dennis Quaid thing. Yeah. That one's like, um, the Her Smell one, though, was a good one, though, because it was, it, it felt like, like that only, it happens in like three. It's just like three parts. Yeah. So like the first two thirds of the movie are, are they all, they're all backstage, right? Like both parts of that take, take place backstage. It's the beginning like the and the end, show. I think. And there's that one where she's like at home kind of recovering or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's super intense. Yeah. Have you seen um, Green Room? Yes. <laughs> that was filmed out here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, like in Oregon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Probably like, not too far from a story. In fact, Probably like a like a white supremacist. Like, is, aren't there a lot of like little compounds out there, like in the uh, woods? No, there's no. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah that, might, that we, might have venues like that in like the green room. You know, we do got some white supremacists here in Oregon. They certainly do love the backwoods of the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah, wasn't there that whole like uh, that 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 stand shootout? What is that? Mount yep. Wild the Mount Wild Wild Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. in Eastern Oregon. It's like the desert though. Like that's way out in Eastern Oregon. Oh okay, but it sad is but still tr- like here. Yeah. Sad, <laughs> sad but true. Um, I reviewed Green Room for my for the site for Spectrum Culture, and the critic screening was actually the uh, the premiere. So it was uh, all the people that were in it were, except for Patrick Stewart wasn't there, um, you know, were there. And I got to meet uh, Anton Yelchin and I guess he got killed like two or three weeks after that, which was really what? sad. How did he get killed? Uh, the, he he took, got out of his car to open a gate and the car backed into him and smashed him up against the wall or something. Yeah. Like he's the main guy. Like the oh, main, main guy. He's the oh, guy sure. who plays like Chekhov in the, in the hmm. uh, Star Trek reboots. But that night, or earlier that week, Holly here posted a picture of Elijah Wood and her on uh, on Facebook. I guess he was here in Portland making a movie with like Macon Boyer, who's also in that yeah. movie. And at the after party, like I ended up at a table with Elijah Wood, and like he just did not want to talk to me. He was like macking on the girl that was next to him, and but it was weird. It was like <laughs> it was like you know I saw this picture of Elijah Wood at the thing. I'm like oh he's now here here he is you know. Um, 
But yeah, green room is uh, that's pretty realistic. I, uh, yeah, that's pretty realistic, especially when like you know the band loads in and they're like, um, the drummer's like, uh, or they, they ask him like. Uh, using house kit or using your own kit, you know that's like real, you know. <laughs> or like when you when they load up stuff into the hallway, you know, Patrick Stewart's like, "That's a fire hazard," you know, that keeps this hallway, you know, clear. And then, <laughs> well, Nazis are efficient, man. I, <laughs> they're so efficient. <laughs> <laughs> they're so, yeah, they're meticulous. Fascists yeah. do love rules, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or when they had the feedback, you use the feedback to uh, like uh, to to get the dogs to go in. So you know, I was like, that's clever. Dogs hate feedback, man. I mean, there's, <laughs> that movie's unfuckable with like everything is like totally unfuckwithable. Yeah, yeah, what I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. Did you see Tar? What did you think about that one? Oh, I saw Tar. Okay, Tar was um, Tar was convincing. You know. Yeah. She's uh, what an awful person <laughs> she is. <It's> just like <laughs> so many problems. But like that whole like how erudite and elitist like classical music. Is can be, you know, and she's just like epitomizes that like thing. It just it's it makes a lot of people uncomfortable for sure. But, like, did she play anything in that, or did she just conduct? She's a conductor, yeah. Okay. So, but but the you know it seemed real to me, and all the musicians, all the actually, I'm trying to think. I think the actors looked pretty real, even though I know one of them was not a violinist. I think. Um, uh, what about like Whiplash? You ever seen that one? Oh yeah, that was that's. Uh, I think he actually at one point says something like the the, the, the evil teacher is like something like, "Don't you want to get an EMC contract?" Yeah, uh, and I'm like JVC Jazz or like Blue yeah, Note's gonna be but, there. Yeah, EMC though, you know, there's no such thing as EMC. It's ECM, right? ECM, uh, yeah, that's... yeah. But he totally like, fucks it up. And uh, oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. He says EMC like in the film, and uh, I, I don't know what he's saying, but uh, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, that's a very that. specific nitpick to have. There's a lot going wrong in that movie. It, besides it that, but I had like a coworker show me. And she doesn't work with me anymore, but she had a um, she had a like a acting reel that she was like putting out there, and at one point, it's like this vignette that she like plays this hot chick, like like school in these two indie nerds that she actually knows something about indie rock. And she calls him Jeff, Ma- um, Magnum. Jeff Magnum. And she calls him Jeff Magnum in the, in the thing. <laughs> like, Even like the whole point of it is just like how she's actually like the cool girl, but uh, she calls him too. But so yeah, but Jeff, <laughs> in a, in a movie, this is, in, this is her clip. Like her, like in a reel or something. It's like one of her clips in a reel. Yeah, but uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, Jeff Magnum. He's from the Bandit Trouble uh, Hotel, which is part of the And the two nerds are all like, "All oh, right, you know." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Whiplash. You, 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 is, that, is that one of your favorites, Holly? No, no. That I mean, it's a, it's a cool movie. I thought but it was cool, yeah, sure. I I have heard nothing but uh, poor reviews from actual drummers. <laughs> Oh, it, it, it really pisses off drummers because first of all, that guy's just playing like blast beats, like you know, right. ridiculous. Nobody does that, you know, except unless you're into that kind of stuff. And then all the music, all the other musicians are so mean, which is like I don't think that that's not realistic. Most musicians are usually pretty nice and like quiet and kind of geeky, you know. Everybody's like a total asshole, like in, the, in that thing. Has anyone ever thrown a symbol at your head or anything? No. Like that? <laughs> no. Uh, no, but I've seen YouTube videos where it, sometimes that happens, you know. Didn't like, yeah, people like kick out, people throw shit, you know, I think. Eric, you've thrown a symbol before, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have. Just, I just couldn't take it anymore. I was, what do they have off. to do? 
they have to unscrew it and then yeah, yeah. It, takes, it takes a while you know you got to really commit to it right it is like a whole thing like once you've made the decision like you're like okay i'm still making this decision you've yeah. come, you, you know it's like getting two oreos out <laughs> you gotta really you gotta wanna... commit to it yeah yes it, it's <laughs> easier to fire a gun in this society than it is to throw a symbol <laughs> you gotta like yeah unlock Let the symbol you know, lift, they lift it up and then throw it you know uh you know yeah. it's just like a, a, a Nazi should come up with a symbol that you can actually just like lift right off the top, like, like yeah. a symbol Luger or something. <laughs> Thanks, German engineering. Yeah, we're, we're getting far, far astray from the topic. Or, Eric, Eric, do you have any music, music films? Oh, man, I think we. I, I'm not, like it's weird because the only other thing that I kept thinking of was when um, the. Uh, I don't know why this kept popping in my head, but in I shot Andy Warhol when Yola Tango plays in Velvet Underground. <laughs> like I don't even remember if like I just remember them being in it and uh but I don't remember anything about them. I assume if anybody's gonna be able to play the Velvet Underground and play Velvet Underground songs, it's gonna be Yola Tango. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I believe you. <laughs> There's also the piano teacher. I mean she's a musician. Oh. You guys ever see that movie by Michelle Michael Haneke? Uh, that's a really messed up one. Uh, Holly that, one's, one that one's grim. It's pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the, the piano. I saw that one. That was a good one. That's a good one too. Um, I don't know if Holly Hunter is actually playing the piano or not. So. Yeah. The, the melody is like easy enough that I feel like it was convincing, you know, I think, yeah. I think How the about band, go ahead. Sorry. No, good. Uh, I think the, yeah, the band ones usually like irk me the most. But, um, what about that Coen Brothers one, the Lumen Davis? Uh, Which one? Folk, Inside Lumen Davis, the folk music one with Oscar Isaac. No, I don't know that one. You didn't say that one? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's where like, Adam Driver sings for a minute in that one. I think they're actually singing them, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> uh, I love that movie because they taught, like, I mean, in terms of oh, like Coen the. The music business aspect of it, where they talk, he he has to make a decision. I think to either take uh, a scale payment or take some royalties, and he's kind of under pressure for uh, to pay. Like he he owes some money, and so he takes the the just the one time session musician payment, and then the song takes off and is like this very big hit, and so he makes, you know, he could have he could have made so much more. Uh, I, I liked that. I find that stuff fascinating, just the, the, the sort of business end of it. And it seemed like it was interesting that they kept that in there and just, it was pretty, pretty big focus of, of that film. Is, this is a good movie. I've never even heard of it. I, I love it personally. Yeah, I think Dave, I think Dave's iffy on it, but no, it's all right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not one of the best Coen brothers, but it's, it's, it's good. It's definitely worth watching. Um, is it better than Godzilla minus one? Yeah. Oh, Maybe I don't think so. No one gets stepped on in Inside Llewyn Davis, so that's definitely uh, he gets his ass uh, fucking kicked though by that guy in the alley at the beginning and at the end. That's true. That's true. Uh, Justin Timberlake's in it. That's yeah, he barely, but yeah, he's in it. John Goodman's in it. Yeah, he does. he plays like the Albert Grossman type character. In that one. Nice. Um, cool. Speaking of Adam Driver, there's another weirdo musical that he's in that sparks one. Uh, what the hell's that Annette? one? Annette. Did you ever see that? I mean, is he? He's like a <laughs> avant-garde was he he's a stand-up comedian that's not funny in that movie but it's all sung yeah it's pretty interesting film as well um but i mean have have you ever seen movies where there's like musicians that are actually playing musicians but not really playing instruments or is that 
because like musicians musicians and actors that's another fun road to go down like, oh. where there's you mean like, actors and musicians actors who are musicians like keanu reeves or something or not right. even that but just like you know like madonna and like body of evidence oh you know, like where they're like where they're <laughs> or playing. steve martin yeah i don't oh steve martin steve. is where steve martin's an actor first yeah i'm talking about the other first. way around i'm talking about the other way around where there's like you know like uh oh, you like like ice cube and ice tea yeah, or Taylor Swift and Cats, you know, or something like that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You've movie. seen Cats, haven't you, Holly? I have seen Cats. I saw Cats in theater. I think it might have been the last thing that I saw in <laughs> theaters pre-pandemic, which is truly abysmal. <laughs> cats, the kind of sexy cats that trouble yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift is in that? I didn't know that. Taylor Swift is a sexy cat in that, unfortunately. <laughs> I not know that. I'm, I made some mistakes with the pre-pandemic. The last, the last movie that I saw in theaters was Cats, and the last band that I saw was Tool. <laughs> hey, Tool wasn't cool? No? Yes, it was in Tool. Oh. It was like the night that Portland got shut down, that oh. the mayor was like, no more, no more events over 240 people, and it was our packed basketball arena. <laughs> I, a, I, I ended on a high note. I got to see the, the rapture in LA. That was pretty cool. Ooh, oh, that's wow. a good end note. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I also another one that I that makes me nuts is um like biopics about musicians. Like oh yeah, Jamie oh, yeah, Fox that... playing like Ray Charles or Joaquin Phoenix playing. I thought that was all right. Yeah, Johnny. I just hate all those movies like with a passion. I just feel like they're just like paint by numbers. Uh, you know, like if they did the Kevin Barnes one, like this is the scene where he rides the horse out on stage. You know, you got to put that like in there. And this, is the scene they, this is the scene where he gets naked and walks out on stage. This is the scene. You know, it's just, like, it's, it feels like like a greatest hits. Me the one in Vegas. Yeah, I heard about that one. I wasn't. You were not that one. No, but they told me about it. They basically like. What did he say? Oh, he had in ears, so they had to like take because he's he had to wear a cummerbund to, just to keep his in ear pack on like on his cummerbund. <laughs> <laughs> Functional cummerbund. So, so if you look at pictures, if you look at if you Google search, you know Kevin Barnes' dick or something, you know you'll see he has a, he has a cummerbund on. You know, I've actually interviewed him before. He was he was he was very kind when I talked. Oh yeah, he's uh, super nice. Yeah, I mean we will we will continue to to review of Montreal and of Montreal <laughs> offshoot projects nice. at Spectrum Culture. Um, but I nice. I don't know. I haven't listened to the Montreal album in a while. You guys, it's definitely been a minute. I definitely when I when I do I go back to that that classic period mm-hmm. the most the yeah, like yeah. mid aughts from like Sunlandic Twins to False oh, Priest. Yeah. I've got his. Uh, I actually got his bass. He sold it to me. Oh, that's oh, gorgeous. Yeah, is that a Rickenbacker? Yeah, this is why that. This is like. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's so cool. It would have been a cooler story if you stolen from him. And then <laughs> well, I traded a piece of gear with it with him, but and he wants it back. But I don't know. I still yeah. get it. I still get it. You know. <laughs> you know. That's a lot. So, I think that's the first time anyone's ever played live music. Right. On this. <laughs> yeah. You know that song. <laughs> 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 so I'm curious, when was the first time that you remember that 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 feeling of feeling irked watching a musician on screen not actually playing or knowing what they're doing? I think un- until I became a pro- when I became a professional musician, that's when it started to bother me. It, it, <laughs> was like, it was my identity being like compromised, you know, reflected. Was there an was there an exact moment when you became a professional musician? 
Give me one of my first dollar. I don't know. Like, what, what, that's a great question. That's a great answer because it's like, when did you actually cross over to become a professional musician? Like, when you got paid for the first uh, time? Or... I mean, I mean, I was making money. I was playing like crappy new age gigs by the time I was graduated from college. You know, from Berkeley, but um, like deep breakfast type stuff. Deep, deep. Oh, Ray Lynch. Yeah. Do you know Ray Lynch? Uh, well, not personally, but I know he is. <laughs> yeah, I think he lives in Marin County, like up in California. Is he still yeah, alive? I was, yeah. I, well, according to his Wikipedia, I just looked him up because I was like, that album, like Deep Breakfast, is just like one of my favorite albums when I was in middle school. So it's, it's great. I just listened to it the other day. It's like amazing. And and Kitaro, you know, obviously. Yeah, Kitaro. Yeah, I was, I was classic. In middle school, I was like a huge New Age music fan. So like, I had Yanni. Cassettes and stuff like that, you know. Oh, there's that one Yanni record that I had when I was in, in middle school as well. And I'm guessing Live at the it's the one where he's kind of like crouched down and looking like kind of like off and like I don't know. It wasn't a live one, but it was like Look, uh, looking really good, right? His hair was looking. His hair was <laughs> yeah, looking fantastic. Looking, he's a really good looking um, Greek man. Is he still alive? Does he still make music? I guess he does. Doesn't, <clears throat> he doesn't have a beard in this know. picture. What the hell? It was uh, what the hell Yanni round was it? It was. Um, yeah, he does not have the beard. I don't think. No, he has a mustache. Is what it was. Oh god, I don't even know which one it was. You know, it might not have been on here. It might have been a compilation. Um, but anyway, when when were you uh, a professional? Oh, here it is. Reflections of Passion from 1990. It's got like a purple cover uh, with him kind of. I'm going to screenshot it for those of you here, but the people at home. Uh, he's got like this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I had I had this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like right I had here. This, one. Like, this is great. Reflections of Passion, which I didn't realize was a compilation until mm-hmm. now. That um, is a great album cover. Yeah, I love it. I have zero notes. He's got feet yeah, he, in the sand, probably a Greek beach, maybe Santorini. He's got that mustache. What a good mustache. He's probably got sand in his crotch, but he's still looking cool. You know, I, looking cool. Uh, I have to say on his Wikipedia page, like when you look down like in the 2020s, it says, in late 2021, Yanni began to offer non-fungible tokens. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Really? <laughs> Yon coin NFT. Dude, that's amazing. So, what happened with the new age stuff? You don't do it anymore. I mean, I was like in middle school. You know, I had a I had an early synthesizer uh, sequencer. This is before like DAWs. You know, so I had like it's like I think I used to play these games called like <clears throat> uh, King's Quest and Police oh, yeah, Quest yeah. and like the and so basically your computer would spit out like MIDI data one note at a time. So you know, this is like one note at a time kind of era. Yeah, Police and Quest then, was that <clears throat> game that was like created by Daryl Gates, who was like you know, he's oh, a really? little shitty. Yeah, I think it's so. And leisure um, suit, Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> Someone told me the other day there was a reboot. Really? Um, yeah, I, 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 maybe from it's on it's on Switch or something like that too. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I figured he would be canceled in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, we were just talking about this the other day. It was called uh, I think it's called Magna Cum Laude is what it's called. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. And here is the, wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh. share my screen <laughs> oh my again. Gosh. Here it is. Um, Leave us oh. Larry. <laughs> Magna Cum Laude. <laughs> you can it's well, follow Larry. This isn't a this isn't a reboot. This is from two thousand and four. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, that's still pretty pretty far off for Leisure Larry. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a little bit. This <laughs> is still twenty years ago now. Uh, do you know who that is? I mean, you've heard Me? of Leisure Larry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I, pl- I play video games. It's like I'm you a- like yeah, I don't know. 
It's like, really. Kind I'm of a dumb. painfully dorky white person. Of course, I know about <laughs> old video games. But anyway, back to you. Like, when did you think? Honestly, this is a legit question. When did you like think? Okay, I'm, I am uh, now professional. When you when once you sold your your deep breakfast and your. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, when I graduated from college, I was still doing music, so. I think I, trans- <clears throat> I transitioned to a professional state, but uh, then I moved to New York, out of Boston, and then I was like making a living. But it was I was still scraping by. But it was, it was all music, you know. So there was no pivotal moment. I think. Did you go to Berkeley College of Music? Yeah, yeah, in Boston. Isn't that like from the movies too? <clears throat> like you said, everyone goes to Juilliard, but then there's also the half of them go to Berkeley College. No, the bad ones go to Berkeley. Or something. Well, the, no, the ones. Yeah, the, yeah, I guess the ones that are like the the tortured. Uh, un- or misunderstood geniuses that end up homeless are the ones that go to Juilliard, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's because it's so regimented. Juilliard's just classical music, and I mean, they had now they have jazz, but it's like it used to be just so regimented and institutionalized. So if you don't, it's like Japan. If you don't fit into the mold, you can just, just cast aside it. You know, I, I don't know why you have to become homeless. You know, but yeah, it's like <clears throat> uh, Berkeley's more like a pop school, pop and jazz and commercial music. So I was a film score major there. Um, but actually, to be honest, I think when I started Kishibashi in 2012, that's when I started to, that's when I became like, like a, an artist where I could like focus on just my own music, which was huge. Uh, but, you know, it was huge for me. It's also like old, 36, 37, something like that. It's a good age to become a professional. Yeah, that's when I became a <laughs> professional artist. So at the age of 37, uh, you know, that's great though. Cause then you, you, you lived your wild years and there was no like self-destructive tendencies any longer after that. No, that's when it started. So it, <laughs> yeah. Wild. Gosh. Um, <laughs> as you now stay hydrated. Because now, now I'm the boss, you know, <clears throat> yeah. I'm my own boss. What was it? It was the, uh, the trip, that movie with, uh, those two guys. It was, uh, Steve Coogan and the other guy that no one knows his name, but he said something like in, in your twenties, you ply yourself with drugs, no liquor, you ply yourself with liquor in your twenties, you ply yourself with drugs in your thirties and in your forties, you ply yourself with food. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> like foodies, like, become like gourmet. yeah, that's like, they like drive around and like eat in these like nice places. And then the one guy does impressions and then they have like a dark element that always comes in. And then it ends. I don't know if you've seen any of these, like the trip and the trip to Spain and the trip to, I don't know. His movies? Uh, yeah. They're, they're all right. Have you seen it? Anyone's, anyone's uh-huh. seen these movies? Yeah, I no, saw the first one. I saw the trip. At first, I thought you were talking about that uh, movie that didn't Jack Nicholson write it with uh, William Hurt? <laughs> Where he does like a, they do like an acid trip. Like, it's like <laughs> back in the 60s. But Altered States or something like that? No, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting <laughs> up confused. Altered States and the trip. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I see we're we're hitting up against time here, so we should probably like close up in the next five ten minutes. But is there anything else about like movies? I mean, that you wanted to bring up today, or that you or musicians that are represented badly, or or anything like that? Any uh, grievances to air? <laughs> yeah. Any <laughs> other grievances? Hmm. I, I mean, Dennis Quaid did play Jerry Lee Lewis also in a bio. Oh, game. did he really? Oh, yeah. Did he, and, did he play him in a problematic way where he married his like? 12 year old. Cousin. Yeah. It was like Winona Ryder when she was probably 25, but I think she was playing 12 <laughs> in that one. Um, I also have a problem with like 20 something actors playing high school, like sexy high schoolers. And I, I think it's really fucked up. <laughs> like uh, I agree, but only if like they're playing or something. Yep. Yeah. 
That's so it's so messed up. <clears throat> that show would be so much better if they made it a made it set in college. If they were just actual adults, it would be so much better. But it's painful to watch as it being a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, especially having a teenage daughter. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that that's bo- a grievance. The, that movie bottoms. Those two leads look like they were thirty. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie or not. Oh, yes. is, that good, is that a good movie? Is it funny? I loved it. I was thinking about watching that the other day. It's uh, it gets out there. <laughs> it's definitely out there. It's I definitely skipped funny. by it on Amazon Prime or something, or Netflix it's, or something. It's, it's I mean, it's pretty profane, which is pretty awesome. Uh, parts okay. of it, uh, I think it goes off the rails a little bit towards the end. But I don't know. Did you think that too, Holly? Or Definitely went off the rails, but I enjoy that it went off the rails because it felt like it was destined to from the very beginning of the film. It's it's definitely a movie where uh, 16-year-old Holly would have been fucking obsessed. It would have become teenage me's personality in such a huge way. <laughs> it's like, I- like Mean Girls was the same way at that age. You know what I watch a little bit on the plane every time I'm... I just watch like... 20 minutes. Uh, I think it's because because I'm a cheerleader. Yes. Yeah. That's a great one. It's, it's always on the Delta flight. Like, it's like always like there. So I like to watch in 10 minutes. Wait, is that the Natasha yeah. Leone one? Yeah. Natasha yeah. Leone. Yeah. It's yeah. It's the one where she gets sent to a conversion camp. Yeah. She's like <laughs> lesbian, secretly lesbian, but she's a cheerleader. Was that okay? Holly, I gotta. Have, I don't care if this is, I don't know if this was you or somebody else. We were backstage at Pickathon here maybe like eight years ago, seven years ago. And Latasha Leone was there because she was going out with Fred Armisen. And the person I was with asked her, are you Natasha Leone? And she said, no, I'm not. And turned around and looked away. And then I was like right behind her and it was totally her. So then I started like coming up with all these like failed actresses and just kept saying, no, it's blank. No, it's actually blank. And she, I could just see her like tensing up because like she was such a dick to my friend. Was that you or was that somebody else? Sadly, that wasn't me because I would have, I I would have been crushed by being denied by Natasha Leone. <laughs> yeah, like she was just so shitty to the person I was with, and they were just asking honestly um, if it was her. But um, uh, so yeah, anyway, I don't know how I went on that tangent because we were talking about but I'm a but I'm a teenager. Uh, but I'm, I'm a cheerleader. Are you a big are you a big film person there then, uh, Kate? I mean, I, I watched everything on the plane you know <laughs> like the delta catalog i watch i pretty much watch everything what is was delta, the last good movie delta, you saw on a flight uh yeah i've got frequent flyer on delta so to tell you that's like the the airline of kishibashi <laughs> yeah when i'm not touring when i'm not on tour i fly delta <laughs> platinum medallion status um I, yeah i can't remember what i saw it's usually something awful like Fast and Furious X, or you know, they're, they're getting worse and worse. I used to like enjoy them, the Fast and Furious, and then they're just it, they're just they're really <clears throat> jumping the shark recently. They, they go yeah. into space, right? Like, the, is that what? Is that, somebody then, told wait, me that is X? it called SpaceX? SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was told they went into space, and I was like, because I've the, never seen the cars. Yeah, the I don't. <laughs> No, the first, they're pretty kind of they're pretty fun in the beginning, you know. Like the first one, first couple, few, first few ones are like fun. You know, it's all about family. And, yeah, know, and like they go to Brazil, and there's just like, um, oh, and I met, I met this actor. He was like, he was the bad guy in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. 
think it was in like Chicago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I met him like at this party. It's like he's like you might. Uh, I was like, uh, I, oh yeah, he's in like Chicago MD or something like that, and he's like, he's like, which <clears throat> some other shows in Chicago is like, are you famous? Like, do people like? come up to you and they're like, well, I'm more known for this other movie. I was like, what's that? It's like Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. this other, yeah, it's like this other movie. What's that? Yeah. And he's the bad guy. He's a bad guy. Took your drift. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Backing up to the Karate Kid, have you ever watched the Cobra Kai show? Cobra Kai, yeah. That was, that was it's actually cute. It's, it's cute. Kind, of, kind of fun. Yeah. It, like, does what you want it to do. You know, like, you know, if there's, like, a jerky guy, you know he's going to get his ass kicked at some point, and it's, like, uh, taps into that base desire, you know? Oh, yeah, who's that actor? That's not Ryan. What's his face? Um, You're talking about name. William Zabko, the, like, the uh, main guy? He just, he looks like a, a poor man's, um, he's the guy, uh, in La La Land. What's the guy's name? Oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> he kind of looks like a poor man's Ryan Gosling. Eric, do you have a film to recommend that you just saw recently on the, <clears throat> over here? <laughs> yes, Dave. Nice transition there. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Dave, Dave uh, uh, introduced me to the film RRR. Which hell mm, yeah! I love that movie. I love, love that, movie. that movie. I, which I just I have I described as like uh, Michael Bay meets Fast and the Furious meets Bollywood, uh, and it, it was I enjoyed it a lot. It was it's not like it's that that sort of uh, in your face type of movie is not something that I would usually put on on my own. So I was glad that somebody forced me to watch it because it was pretty i've been thinking about it all week <laughs> so, Dude, that the relationship is so very good. sweet yeah it's so good and sorry if i just interrupted you no no no. Um, you're fine i have to talk about i have to profess my love for rr and also the director he did bahubali one and two those are also great mm-hmm. and um but but then you know i'm like a progressive you know um type person and i realized that there's a huge like hindu nationalist like theme around it because there's like they're basically like rewriting a lot of like parts of history in like kind of a Hindu like national thing. Mm-hmm. It's problematic. Oh, it it is yeah. in India. It is yeah, oh, interesting. It can be considered if you're not like Hindu nationalist, which is like a, a, a big problem. You know. Well, the real question, the real reason I brought it up just to bring awesome it all back yeah. is when that guy was drumming. Eric, was that real? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the yeah. you mean the jazz guy in the yeah like with the, like at the, the embassy one, at the embassy the one dance. black dude in the movie like yeah the one, one black dude in the movie <laughs> who like was obviously not happy about colonialism but for some reason is there in India playing drums uh, it, was, it was mostly the same for me it was just the fact that like the sound of like hitting the concrete wall and hitting the ground were the exact same sound <laughs> as the exact same company. You weren't convinced. You weren't convinced. By that? Well, we were. We were joking. The one thing after the one thing that we all like sort of rolled our eyes at was when the the razor blade like happens to go into the truck and lands right in the guy's hands. Like that was the thing that we were just like, "What?" This comes after the punching of the tigers. <laughs> that was the thing that was too much. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, we should let you go and eat dinner. I really appreciate. I mean, we could keep talking, but it looks like you're getting hungry over there. So uh, might be a little hungry. Yeah, we will uh, finish. um, And once again, I'm going to go to Eric here and prompt you. Um, I think this might be the way we're going to finish all of our shows from here on out. Um, Eric, can you uh, briefly talk about what happened the other night with that quicksand review I sent you? (laughs) So uh, we. on Monday night, uh, Dave and I were uh, saw this band Quicksand. There's the 30th anniversary for their album Slip, and 
the following day, Dave sent me a, a link to a review uh, for their show that they played in D.C., and he, it was a very, I don't, I don't know how to, it's not a great review and not because, you know, they liked the show and everything, but it's written, it has to be written by AI. Like I've seen some of these AI things and like, <laughs> it is absolutely like, it is just very awkwardly written. But, uh, basically at one point it says that it's describing the show and, and then it gets to a point that says, after that, the show was over. And that has been uh, really hard for uh, us to get over because it's just like, that's the most AI thing in the world in in terms of a concert review. After that, the show was over. And it ties into something that uh, happened in Japan when I lived there too, which is anytime I was in a conversation that I didn't want to be in, I could just say, ja soto soto and it would just end it would and like like oh, yeah. there was a gig, like there was a guy that i used to like i bought a car from this guy so every month i'd have to go pay him like an installment and, and he'd sit me down and we'd drink tea and he'd talk to me and i didn't understand every month i'd understand a little bit more what he was saying but after like 15 minutes of it i just say ja soto soto and it would just it was amazing like just it would be like oh yeah like, really like a polite i don't know if you've heard that before but like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's that, and there's also another one which I learned is kind of like um, something about like. Well, I mean, you can end a conversation and, and not be rude. Like, basically, like this is none of your business. There's a way to say that. Like, I've I've hit that wall where this like, this is really none of your business. Let's not talk about it anymore. And, then, <laughs> and, and they also move on. You know, they also tell me in Japan like the worst thing you can say. There's no like super expletives there. But the worst thing you can say is like I'm going to kill you or something like that. Is like the the most like most <laughs> verbose. I think it's like bukurosos teme or something like that. Bukurosos is teme. Yeah, something yeah, like that. An emerging like, motherfucker. Yeah, it's like the worst thing. It's like the worst thing you can say. It's like there's no like fuck you. Or I mean, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's aggressive here too. I think <laughs> it is, but it's like there's like you know things like anyway. I'm not going to go into it, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Ja, Eric's so gone. Eric's yeah, left. He went to fire that boiler up. Uh, ja, soto, soto. Ja, soto, soto. After that, the podcast ended. Um, for uh, Holly and Eric and myself, and first of all, before that, those of you at home, please go out and uh, buy a copy of uh, Kishibashi's uh, new double album, the soundtrack for his film Omoyari, which you can stream on Paramount Plus, along with Yellowstone and a lot of other. Frazier's <laughs> <laughs> 2023. Uh, Star Trek, Star Trek stuff too. Yeah, there you, go. you can fold your laundry and watch Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> Kishibashi, Frazier, Star Trek. No yes. one needs anything else. No one needs anything else. And then with a double 33, double album with 33 tracks, you can just listen to it over and over again. And you can get ready for collection. So please do go out buy his album and. Uh, spread the word uh fantastic musician here hopefully someday pitchfork will actually get off their asses and you figure it with like the conde nast buying them that maybe they, the regime <laughs> would have like Did but, they uh, really? i don't yeah, well yeah they bought them but oh, you know shit. it hasn't thought it hasn't thawed yet but we're working on it we're gonna get it's you okay. i just I, I want to remain a legend you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. consistent with Ban- the brand. banned by pitchfork yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty badass honestly okay i gotta be i gotta be real like Definitely could be could be a little bit of a hit to popularity, but it's pretty cool to just be like, ah, oh, Pitchfork won't even touch my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that helps us because if you Google Kishibashi album review or Kishibashi interview, there won't be any Pitchfork above us <laughs> in our SEO. 
Nice. Um, so fuck those guys. For <laughs> Eric and Holly and myself, Kate, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your life. <laughs> and then Hopefully it ended. <laughs>